For God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We have worship all around the nation, worship in the streets, worship everywhere we go. But the ear of the Father is longing and listening for authentic worship. He wanted worship so real until he met a loose woman at the well because he knew that much is given, too much is given, much will be required. And if he forgive her much, she will love him much. He's not impressed with our melodious gifts. For our gifts and our callings are without repentance. But we must realize that he is calling for true worship. God is longing for authentic worship, not the one that could hit the rail and burst the lights and crack the windows on Sunday morning and have your flesh rolling on the floor, but those that can reach your inner heart and spirit and and cause you to run to the altar and say, I cry out, I cannot live this way any longer. Father, forgive me for my sins. For it's the true worshipers that he longed for in his spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such daily to worship him. Let us go to St. John 4. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees has heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must need go through Samaria. So therefore, in him going to Samaria, what's the point? I'm just asking the question that he heard a whole lot of noise in the sanctuary, but he had need for someone that he could take out of the gutter a bad reputation that would be so thankful that she wouldn't care who was looking, that she had no reputation to lose, and she would worship him in the streets and say, come see a man that told me everything that I have done. Not that he told her was, was not the point, but he found her where she was. He touched her where she was. He comforted her where she was. Everybody else probably walked by with their nose tooted up in the air as the good Samaritan. And you see she laid on the streets not in her physical man but in the walking of her life and it had five husbands and was a bad reputation of the community until even the disciples said do he know who he's talking to but yes he knew he was talking to he was talking to the one that would worship him she was talking to the one that would witness and testify and evangelize 
scandalize for him and say, come see a man. And down in Samaria, he found her and he told her that he's looking for the true worshiper to worship him in spirit and in truth. But the reason that we are operating in our gifts and our callings that are without repentance is because we have not met him at the well. See, the well is a representation of the filling of our thirst. The well is a representation of a place of deafness that's empty in us. And when we meet Jesus, we can worship. When we meet Jesus, we can sing. We cannot teach what we do not know, worshipers. We cannot uh, uh, teach and, and, and teach someone how to go and we don't go. In other words, our worship is supposed to be our immerse exhibits of, of our outward praise. But if we have nothing on the inside, then we cannot give it on the outside. And we are tinkling cymbals and sounding brass. And the Father is not pleased with the noise that many of us make on Sunday morning because it is not authentic. Authentic is to be at the well. Have you tapped into the well this week? Have you let it run dry? Have you turned off the TVs? nothing wrong with TV, but there must be a time of coming in and meeting Jesus. He is the well, and the only way you're going to get to the well and have what it takes to fill the quince of the people is going to him and living in him and walking in him in spirit and in truth. One minute break. runs and we are worried about our sounds and we are worried about I tore up the church but that is the worst thing you can do is to think that it's you because God is a jealous God and he will not share his glory with another for the father seeketh such to worship him and there was a king in the Bible that made an oration I believe he made a speech and when he stood up to make the speech, people said it is the voice of God. He did not give God the glory and the worms ate up his flesh. The worst time of my life is when God was using me mighty in my youth. And I went in the church and I act like I was tearing the church up. And I came in there with the spirit of, oh, I'm here now. We can have church. And God took me all the way down to the gutter. He took me all the way down where I walked the streets and had to ask for a quarter. I didn't even have bus fare to get on the bus. And why is that? Because God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. For it's the Father that seeketh such 
to worship him, but it must be the authentic worship of getting up early in the morning, maybe an hour before, not to wake up the whole house. You may have to go out and sit in the car and lock your doors. You may have to go in the closet, go down in the basement, go way in the kitchen. And if you know it's a house full of people, you don't have to scream because God is looking at your heart and go to him and say, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. God, forgive me for singing and think that I wrecked the church. I tore up the house. But God, it was never me. It was always you. And I repent for taking your glory. And I want you to create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. And as you eat your meals three times a day, eat the word of God three times a day. You can pray while you're on your driving to work. And you can pray on your way from work. And you can take a few minutes of your lunch hour and just quietly sit in the bathroom and talk to God in your heart. Don't be screaming all over the people's job, but quietly he can hear you. And listen to the word in your ear, not while you're working if, the, if it's against your job rules, but even on your lunch break, you're digesting the word as you digest your food. Oh, because God is a spirit. And if it's okay, you just listen to the word because the word is like fire shut up in your bones and it will burn up everything not like God. But first of all, many are singing and their ministry has been activated but their salvation has never been activated. See you have a gift and a calling but you've never asked God to forgive you for your sins. We can do that now. That's what I like about him. I'm here to teach you authentic worship. Not to abuse you, not to make you feel bad, not to beat you with words but to tell you that you can come to God right now. I don't care if you've been in the church 30 years singing. If you're not saved, just say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Save my soul. See, you have nothing to lose because in the judgment, everybody's going to know and it's going to be too late. So if I were you, I would do like I do all the time. God, forgive me. I am a sinner. Save my soul and fill me with the Holy Spirit, which is your keeping power like the freezer keep my meat. The Holy Spirit will keep my soul. Forgive me for my sins and fill me with the Holy Spirit and the Lord save me for real. Not for play play, because playtime has been over, but save me for real. We've got to get real with God because we're not fooling nobody but ourselves. And sometimes you go on so long, you'll believe a lie other than the truth. But that's why we have to read the word and examine ourselves and make sure that we're in the faith. Because you can be leading a whole church and they go up in glory and you end up going the wrong way. There is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is destruction. We've got to pray daily. We've got to read our word daily. Keep a prayer going in your heart. I know you have to work, but you can work and talk to God and nobody has to hear you. They say you're so quiet today. Just smile and keep on praying in your heart. God save me for real. I've been singing in the church 
church and working in the church since I was a baby. But Lord, I don't know you in the free pardon of our sins. We have to examine whether we have a religious spirit or whether we have a relationship. See, religion will let you drink, smoke, cuss, party, fornicate, commit adultery, hate your fellow man, have unforgiveness, and speak in tongue, preach, pray, and prophesy. That's a religious demon. He knows how to do all that. He's been in heaven, and he got kicked out. And what you got to do is say, God, I've been flat hypocritin'. Would you save me for real? Yes, I preach in the church, go up, uh, but I'm sleeping with this man I'm not married to. And I get up and leave the church every morning. Uh, I'm married, but I like somebody else, and that's adultery in my heart. Whatever it is that we have a problem with, God is a problem solver. Ask him to save you and forgive you and read your word. See, if you draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. You resist the devil, he'll flee from you. It may not feel like it, but God's word does not lie. I'm a living witness. Sometimes it seems like torment, hounds are barking and it seems like they don't want to loose. But I get close to God and he get close to me and I get close to God and he get close to me. And the next thing I know that the devil is gone and I'm free. But it only comes by digesting the word. See, the religious spirit don't want to read the word but you've got to make yourself if you got to sit down and listen to it on YouTube in a way that you can understand you you binge TV shows for hours God let me know that or oh, I could sit up and binge three or four seasons in two days or one or two days or so if I can do that then I can binge the word and you'll find yourself so full of it where does the enemy have to go the devil has no way to go. He can't go in because you're full of the word and you do the same thing tomorrow and you do it until Jesus comes. There's no seniority in God. In retrospect, you can stop praying and you can stop fasting because that's how spirits come. They leave you and then they come back and they see that you're empty. They see that there's no word in you. They're happy. They go get seven of their other brothers or six of their other brothers, seven more demons, and they come on in and they are happy that you're not praying. They are happy that you're not fasting if your doctor allow you to. They are happy that you're not seeking. They are happy that you haven't forgiven. You say, you don't know what he did to me, honey. I know, I know, I know. Believe me, I could tell you some stories. When you hurt my children, you're in danger. When you hurt my grandchildren, you're in danger. But I had to still forgive. And it wasn't me. It wasn't by might. It wasn't by power. But it's by the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. You say, God, I choose to forgive. Now, in me, it's not in me. But in the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, I choose to forgive. God, make it real. You keep fasting. You keep praying. You keep reading your word and you ask him to take that thing out of you because we don't know the day nor the hour. I cannot afford not to forgive. Unforgiveness is too expensive. It will cause me to have eternal life in the lake of fire and I want to live with my Jesus forever. So it's about choices. You choose to turn off the TV more than you seek God. 
you choose to stay out the telephone and tell girlfriend you may not hear from me for a few days because I'm going down on bending knees. You choose to tell the boyfriend, no, I can't go out with you this weekend. You're scared he's going to go out with somebody else, but you better put God above him. Because if you put him above God, it's not going to work anyway. But all these things do the Gentiles seek. But seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness. And this will lead us into true worship. Authentic worship. When you get a jewel, you want to go and you want the man at the jewelry store to give you the price on it. To give you its worth. And that's what we have to have, the worth of Jesus, the real Jesus, not the counterfeit. Many are going to say, in your name I preach, and in your name I prophesy, and in your name I cast out demons, and in your name I did many wonderful works. And he's going to say, depart from me, I know you're not. Oh God, we come to you today, and we ask you to forgive us for all our sins, and to save our eternal souls. We're sorry for hypocrite and playing. We're sorry for taking your glory. It wasn't us that was doing the singing, preaching, praying, and prophesying. It was you all the time. Thank you for not killing us, because when the king made an oration in the Bible, and he raised his arms, and they said it's the voice of God, got the worms ate him up right then. And God, it could have been us, but your grace. Hallelujah, your mercy. And we pray.
Damn it. This is Elaine Taylor Brown. We're at the Pratt Tower in Louisville, Texas. Our email is theprattower11 at gmail.com. Our cash app is the T is in Tom H E Prayer P R A Y E R Tower T O W E R. Our cash app is the Prayer Tower. We have music on. 
ElaineTaylorBrown.us. And we are teaching on the worship, our first lesson, Authentic Worship. We pray that it bless you. You can reach us at the Prayer Tower 11 at Gmail. Cash App is the Prayer Tower. You can uh, purchase our music at ElaineTaylorBrown.us. Thank you. Dot US.